With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. we got a great treat for you. Uh, Victor Hovland uh, is going to join me. And of course, uh, if you know anything about golf, he had... Two of the greatest weeks back-to-back in the history of the sport, uh, winning two straight tournaments. And the second one, of course, uh, culminated in a win of the FedEx Cup, which means he won $15 million. I believe it was like $22 million in two weeks, which is nothing short of incredible. But before we get to that, I did want to kind of recap Team USA and the semifinal loss to Germany. Not necessarily in the game alone, although, like, look, we could go back and pick apart the fact that Steve Kerr has been, I don't know if he's trying to force small ball with Paolo Boncaro playing a lot of the five, um, or it's just a matter of the personnel that he has. The biggest takeaway should be from this tournament is FIBA is a different style of basketball. It just is. Uh, The officiating is very, very different. The physicality is very different. It doesn't mean the NBA is not physical, but physical in a different way. But... In addition to the fact that uh, the NBA game doesn't reward a lot of the physicality of the traditional center, um, we're just not producing them at nearly the same rate. And, you know, maybe that's an us problem or maybe that's uh, uh, the, the, the game evolving. Now, it should be pointed out that in the NBA, there is kind of a, I don't know what you want to call it, de-evolution. Um, the, if you notice this week, Anthony Davis said he wants to play power forward. Some of that is that's what he says he wants to do, right? He doesn't want, doesn't want to guard Jokic and some of those Steven Adams and some of those monsters, although he should want to have them guarding him. Some of that is out of necessity because, like, look, the team you're going to have to beat is the Nuggets. They're awesome. And the thing that the Nuggets were able to do in the playoffs was not just play Jokic, but also, I mean, across the board, they're 6'9", 6'10". You know, Michael Porter Jr.'s 6'9", 6'10". Aaron Gordon... He's listed at 6'10", but he's probably more in the 6'8", 6'9", variety, whatever. And you just you have kind of the return of size, strength, to go with incredible athleticism. So I think some of that's out of necessity. But we just do not have uh, – part of it is even our wings. They're, you know, 3 and D guys. They get posted up and they get – I mean, look at the games in which, which we have lost. You know, Austin Reeves getting posted up and Lithuania beasted us on the boards. I do wonder why Steve Kerr hasn't given Walker Kessler a chance. Um, obviously, he's not as physically built or maybe as physically gifted as uh, Jaron Jackson, who's really struggled. But the, an NBA center and a FIBA center, they may feel and sound like the same position to people, but they're really not. It's a, it's a different sport. Has the world caught up to us? Yeah, of course. Like, you haven't been paying attention? On the other hand, we're not the only ones who can sit here and say, hey, we have a bunch of NBA players and we're getting beat by non-NBA players. Happened to Canada. Right? Canada, 10 NBA players, we're going to play them in the third place game. Um, so, you know, and it does feel like this is a shot for LeBron and KD, those guys to swoop in, you know, next summer and play in the Olympics and act like they saved the day. But the reality is that we have, we should have good enough players. We should have good enough talent to win this tournament. The talent is not an issue. I think a good portion of it is how we teach the game. 
And the game is taught differently in other parts of the world. And the, the biggest issue that I would say most of us have is most things we teach are off the dribble or off the ball screen. And we just don't have the ability um, with so many of our players to learn to play without the ball in the post and moving without the basketball. These are like lost arts. Everybody talks about the lost art of the mid-range. There's no lost art of the mid-range. It's there. Plenty of great players shoot it. It's not uh, analytically a great shot, but it's it's still there. The lost art is the ability to move without the basketball. That's what makes Steph Curry so special. And then kind of physicality defensively. We don't have that in the NBA game for a good portion of the season and oftentimes for the postseason. The FIBA game is different. It's incredibly physical. It's incredibly skilled with shooting, with passing, not as much with dribbling. And those teams, I think it plays to their strengths in terms of their athleticism and style. Um, and it also plays to their strengths in terms of how the game is taught. So we're, we're not, we were at a crossroads a long time ago. And what happens is at the lower level, oftentimes, you know, like the 16U team this year was so, that's with the Boozers and Jalen Montanati and, I mean, they just have dude after dude and just mollywhumped everybody. But we're way advanced, but it's a lot like like quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks who, when they're in high school and college, they can run and it, it, they, they, they don't get taught the skills that they need for when you get to the NFL and everybody can chase you down. You know, we're so physically advanced and athletically advanced at a young age that oftentimes we're skipping the skills needed when they play uh, uh, that type of game where it's, it, it's very much a skill, not athleticism sort of game. And I think um, we're, we kid ourselves when we win at a, at a lower level, a younger level, because once you get older, the athletic gap is not as great and it can be made up with physicality, which is pretty obvious. Uh, we got some great interviews to come here on All Ball, and they're not always, not always having to do with basketball. Because I think you can, you can gleam a lot of things from every different athlete and even business people. Let's start with Victor Hovland. Of course, star golfer at Milo Moderate Oklahoma State. Uh, he's been a star on the tour, although he's only he came in second at the PGA. He has is yet to win a major, but the first step is he won the FedEx Cup. He joins us now in all ball. You, you kind of had like this whirlwind week, you know, where you've been on so many different shows and kind of telling your story and taking your victory lap. I know it's not your style, but now that you got to gotten a weekend to catch your breath, how do you reflect on the celebration after winning the FedEx Cup? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it all happened so quickly the last couple of weeks that uh, I wasn't quite sure if I, um, you know, realized what happened in the moment. So it's been kind of nice to come back to Oklahoma. I haven't been here in like three months. And just to see everyone play some golf and and uh, just see a, a lot of the people that I care about. Uh, it's been really nice and and uh, it's starting to sink in a little bit more, but now it's time to look at Ryder Cup. Um, okay, so Karsten's closed down, right, for renovations. So when you go to pick up the sticks first time in Oklahoma, where did you go play at Oak Tree? Yeah, so I've been going out of Oak Tree National a bunch, but uh, I've been at Karsten a couple of the days. It's... Uh, they're getting ready to close it down, but it's, you know, the holes are still open. The The fairways are just kind of in a little bit rough shape, but the greens are still good. So uh, I played a couple holes out there, but mainly going down to Oak Tree. Okay. So when you go down, you're playing with your boys down at Oak Tree. What's the trash talk like, right? Because now 
now you got you got the uh, you, I mean you're obviously uh, doing well financially, but now you got all that money in your back pocket. <laughs> Plus, you're telling people like, "Hey, money ain't that big a thing to me." So I'm sure they're trying to take a bunch off you when you're playing. What's the trash talk been like? Yeah, they're uh, that's that's what I like about those boys down there. They uh, they're not afraid to to throw some trash at you. So I appreciate that. Uh, usually, just making fun of my clothes or or uh, you know, oh, I didn't make enough money or or. They they try to find the vulnerable spots, so they're they're good at that. But it's uh, it's good fun. You've been doing this since you're what five years old. Was there a, was there ever a moment where you thought it's just a burnout moment or a moment of um, a crisis in self confidence? Hmm. Um. Well, <laughs> I would say like. When I grew up in Norway and even coming to school here in my first few years, I've I've always had something or, or I've never thought I was quite good enough because I felt like I had to I always had to battle something in my swing or there was something about the game that wasn't good enough. Now occasionally I would play really, really well and feel like, man, that was that was awesome. But I couldn't quite do it often enough to to believe in me if I I guess. Um but uh, as I kept just getting better and I started seeing the results um, and then I got to play a couple of PJ tour events as an amateur and a couple of majors. And I realized that, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm almost right there. And I just started believing it a little bit better. And it seemed like all the pieces started falling a little bit easier. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't quite know how to explain it. It, well, is there like a process you go through when you go to those moments where, I mean, maybe now the skill level is so good, you've been doing it so long, you don't have it. But, you know, that's a that's a long walk by yourself in your own head, in your own thoughts you've been making for years. And I just wonder if what the, I mean, I just always marvel at guys that are able to, everybody has it, that self-doubt, but mm. guys like yourself are able to put that aside and use it as motivation or compete or prove it wrong is there a trigger that you're able to or something you say is it what what is your process like where you eliminate those doubts well i think you can instead of focusing on oh am i good enough or not it's like focusing on okay what can i do to to get better and if you still have things or things to improve and you can still get a lot better well let's just focus on trying to get a lot better and when you get there well, are you still not good enough or, or what, what are your results like then? Because, you know, you, you might have something to worry about if you feel like you are playing to the best, to the best of your abilities. If there is no juice left to squeeze in your golf game or whatever it might be, then I'd kind of be getting worried if, if, uh, you know, you're doing all the right things, swing looks good and everything like that. And you can't break 75, you know, that's, that's a tough look, but um but uh yeah I, I still feel like i can get a lot better and uh i've always just focused on the things that i can control and work on them diligently make good decisions and you put the time in and you just you have to improve what's the feeling like of watching that of, of lining up on 18 knowing what's at stake what, what i've I'm, I'm just i've always there, there's a tiger woods commercial uh back in the day and it was like guy playing with Tiger Woods and he's just shaking like a leaf, right? <laughs> and I mean, I think 
you know, I mean, even as a former athlete, just golfers amaze all of us because you just have to calm your nerves and, mm. you know, find your line and, and do, do what you've done a million times over. But 18 FedEx Cup, everything that's at stake. What do you remember about lining up for that putt? Uh, yeah, it was honestly, I was kind of surprised uh, by how calm I was in the moment, to be honest. And because it's, I had to battle Xander coming down the stretch or basically the whole round, even though I had a six shot lead, you know, Xander birdies the first hole. Uh, I, I do too. And then I make a nice par putt on number two. And it's like, if I miss two, those two putts, I'm four, four ahead. And I can easily, you could easily lose that in 16 holes. So it was, it was a battle from the get go. And even the previous rounds that when, when every shot feels like it's do or die, you get into, uh, you just get into a state or, or state of mind where you just keep grinding. You take nothing for granted. It's like, oh, I made a birdie. I got a five shot lead. It's probably over now. But as soon as you allow yourself to think like that, it's, it's easy to lose focus and, and put some bad swings on it. So uh, honestly, even though I had a five shot lead on 18 there, I just wanted to make birdie on 18 because I knew Xander and I were tied for the individual. And, um, so there's the, like, there's always something to play for. And, and, uh, I just wanted to make another birdie. Okay. So take me inside your mind. Okay. You're looking at the putt. Yeah. What, what, how, how do you, what do you do to set aside everything that's at stake, set aside the fact you're trying to win? What, mm. what is the actual mental process inside Victor Hovland's mind on 18 when, when you're lining up that putt? Yeah. So I hit my bunker shots to probably 10 feet or nine feet, something like that. And I just get up there. I do a system called aim point in my putting. So I'll step almost in my line and feel the slope with my feet. And I remember just going to the middle part of the putt, feeling the slope. And it was like a 1% slope right to left. It was slightly uphill. And I put the ball or I use a line on the golf ball and I aimed it just outside right edge. And I'm like, okay, if I put it right there and I start the ball online, there is no chance this ball miss is missing. And then I just get up there, take a couple of practice swings, address the ball, and just make a stroke. And and uh, it, I was because of that lead, I felt extremely calm. To be honest, um, the week before a BMW, where I had a seven footer up the hill for birdie, uh, that was that was a lot worse of a stroke because I had to make it. Uh, but at that point it was just like, okay, let's, let's try to make another birdie and, and, uh, yeah, put a smooth stroke on it and win it. So obviously the last two times you played in tournaments, you're on this incredible run. How do you keep it going? Like, do you, are you doing the exact, are you like, I'm not changing my shoes. I'm using the same glove. Are you a creature of habit where you're going to continue repeating it until further notice? Yeah, I'm not a uh, very superstitious. But obviously, when things are going well, it means that the things you're doing are obviously working. So there's no need for a lot of change. Uh, I think if I just keep doing the things that I've been working on, and there's still uh, some some things to improve uh, in my game still. And I feel like I'm in a really good spot where I've had great instruction for my for my new coach Joe Mayo, where he's kind of taught me 
uh, or help me understand what I do when things are not going so well, or when I do hit a good shot, I know exactly what's going on. So I can kind of help myself if things start to go at a little out of hand, maybe I start to slice the ball a little bit more than I, than I do, or I start not chipping it quite as good as I have been. Well, I, I, I feel like he's helped me understand it well enough to where I can course correct that myself. And, um, that allows me to never get that far off. Um, but winning tournaments back to back, that's, that's, uh, there's a lot of variance in that you can play some aw- awesome golf and, and not win. So I just got to keep, keep playing golf and, and try to do my best. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You you mentioned in so many of these things, and even at the at the podium after winning it, that you live in Stillwater. and. Like, look, there's tremendous golf in Oklahoma, but it is not Florida, right? It's not mm. Arizona. It's not the place where so many others live. Um, why, why stay in Stillwater? Uh, well, it's just a, it's just a great town. You know, me growing up in Norway, this is home away from home. Um, been here for over seven years now, and people are just really, really nice. Uh, I know what I'm coming to. Everything is super convenient. Uh, the weather is a little bit of a challenge, but instead of looking at it like, man, the weather sucks here. It's like, no, it's, it's pretty fun actually sometimes to go out there in the winter or in the, you know, some of those cold days when it's blowing 30 and it's 30 degrees outside. Well, it's like, okay, how can, how good can I score today? Uh, and it's not that I do it all the time, but occasionally go out there and just, um, yeah, challenge yourself. I think that's pretty cool because, I think those boys in Florida don't get to experience that very much. Um, it, it feels pretty obvious. Like, yeah, some of it's the Norwegian background, but a lot of it has to be your family background. W- where does this positivity come from? Right. Like, again, there's two ways to look at anything and you mm. have this ability to find the positive in things. What's it come from with your family? How, how did that develop? 
Well, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's also always easy, but it does come, I would say it comes natural to me. And, and I would say most people in Norway are more inclined to, to think that way. I don't know. Maybe it's just values and, and just how we're raised in, in Norway. I guess when you start as a young kid that, okay, you have to work for something or you have to, um, you know, uh, nothing's going to be given to you. You're going to, you're going to have to get out there and, and do the work yourself. And if things doesn't, doesn't work out the way that you expect it to, it's look at it as a challenge and, and you have to do better to step up and, and overcome that challenge instead of, okay, why me? And, and I, I don't know, you, more people just think that way from, from an early age. And then it's almost ingrained in, in your way of thinking. You mentioned you hadn't been home in like three months. Like, what's that like? Like, is there food in the fridge? Is there like, do you have the same, have you have been wearing kind of the same clothes on rotation? I, I, I'm fascinated by that, that process. Like whenever I've been gone for like a month, I come home and you're just like, oh my God, like I got to like empty the fridge, completely start over. What, what's that process like of you when you come in with your bags and you realize you haven't been home in three months? Yeah, well, I have I have great neighbors that come by and and look after the house for me, so I'm, I appreciate that a lot. But uh, <laughs> I remember one of my buddies, Chris Ventura, he was going to go by, come by the house while I was away in in Europe because uh, he had a corn furniture event. I think he was in Kansas, and he was just driving by, and he spent the night and he looks at the thermostat, ninety five in there. So I guess the AC blew out and I had to get someone to fix it. And it was just a mess. So uh, like, do you have, do you have like a, I mean, like, I know it's a pretty big property, but like, do you have like a ring doorbell and you're like sitting there like, dude, who are these people coming by my house? Do you like, how, how much do you pay attention to what's, what's even going on back home? Uh, yeah, not, not, no, I, I don't have that. So <laughs> I don't pay that close attention. Uh, but, uh, and I also have a roommate in the house. So he, yeah. uh, he takes care of the house, but over the over the summer, obviously he was he was home and he was playing tournaments. So I uh yeah, there there weren't that many people in the house. So it's kinda um it's kinda weird coming back, but at the same time, when I'm here, I'm only in Stillwater for maybe a week or two. Right. So it's not like I'm stacking the fridge full of stuff for those two weeks. It's almost like, okay, I'm only here for a week, so I'll keep it kind of light. Uh, until I leave. And then when I come back, there's not much to throw out. <laughs> what is that feeling like first night in your own bed? Yeah. I mean, we travel so much and we sleep in different beds and it's hard to kind of dial in the, the perfect routine, I guess, like in, in at home, I try to go to bed and wake up at the same time when I have a, a couple of weeks and I can get into a rhythm, which is really nice. But yeah, there's, there's nothing like sleeping in your own bed. And I think when you're uh, gone so much and you come back, you kind of take that stuff for, for granted. You mentioned Ryder Cup coming up um, and that you're continuing to focus on continuing to improve. What, what's your your kind of mental preview on Ryder Cup? Yeah, I think it's going to be a blast. Obviously, last time it didn't pan out too well for for Team Europe. Uh, and that was, that was kind of... Uh, uh, an awakening in a way, I, you know, Ryder cup is the, I think is the biggest deal we, we play and uh, it's hard to just kind of, it's hard to prepare for if you haven't been there. And I think last time was, was very valuable for me. Now this time around, it's going to be at home in Europe. Um, and we face a, 
a, a tough team in Team US, but I think our chances are looking pretty good as well. So I I can't wait. Let's just be honest. Uh, the American when it's played on American soil and the Americans are playing, we're kind of obnoxious, right? It's like our first chance to be up. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm out. I'll admit it, and I'm sure most of the guys admit it. What 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 is the is there a like what's the decorum going to be like from the European style on the European soil? You know, I, I'd like to think we're a little bit classier than you guys. So uh, <laughs> no, I. Put it this way. I don't think we'll be uh, chugging beers on the first hole, slamming them into the ground. Put it that way. But um, now there, there'll there'll be some hostilities going back and forth. That's just a part of it. But uh, I, I at least hope it's uh, I, again, I don't know what we're going into, but obviously they're going to be cheering for us. But if the other team starts making putts and playing great golf, then, hey, you know, hats off to them. That's that's. That's good playing, but uh, you know, um, still, still think there'll be a significant home home court advantage. Who's the best hang? Who's the best hang on that European team? I really like Shane Lowry. He has a great personality. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton too is is awesome. Um, you know, he can get mad on the course, but I just think I, I find him so entertaining. And. Um, Ludwig uh, Aberg, the the youngest kid on the team that just graduated from Texas Tech and and has played awesome. He's he's a really nice kid. I don't know him that well, but he's from Sweden and and closer to my age. So I think we have uh, a lot in common. But um, uh, still need some time to get to know him. Other than that, I mean, the whole team is is it's just a bunch of great guys. So I, I'm just looking forward to to hang out with them. Um, for you personally, obviously winning. You know, two weeks in a row winning the FedEx Cup is amazing. But what's still left is those those majors. Mm. Obviously, the, the PGA was right within your grasp. Um, what what is that like? Because you know, Ricky won the players, but hasn't broken through there. Uh, what's mm -hmm. that like to be now considered you know the best player to, yet to win one? Yeah, I mean that that stuff kind of shifts all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean those. It seems like now. Uh, I've taken a bigger step every single year. I started out winning the Puerto Rico Open, and then I won a regular event uh, in Mayakoba, and then I won some in Europe, and then finally I won in the United States, and then the FedEx Cup at the end of the year. It's like I'm kind of moving up the ladder, and it feels like a a major is the next step, but it's and I. I came close a couple times this year and I feel like I've taken I, I'm a way better golfer than I'm than I was last year and I feel like my time is going to come in those championships but you can't I, I, I try not to focus on it that way it's like okay next one's a major championship man I'd really love to win of course I'd like to win but uh, you know it's it sounds cliche but I just gotta work on the things that I'm I'm working on and and stay calm and I think I can pop one off eventually number one thing you're working on currently is what i wouldn't say it's just one thing it's like my short game has gotten a lot better and i wouldn't say there's any technique thing that i have to get a lot better with um it's just kind of maintaining everything and i would say it's more mental at this point um just making better decisions uh whatever that entails and then just doing a good job of staying calm 
when I hit a bad shot because I've let bad shots bother me way too much. And then I let that escalate a little bit and I just don't seem to play my best golf instead of, you know, the last couple of weeks have been a great lesson in that, man, I don't have to be leading the tournament after the first round to still have a chance to win a golf tournament. Uh, I think in Memphis, I finished 13, almost had a chance to win. And I was after 24 holes, I was second to last in the field. Wow. And I think that's just, that's a cool lesson to think that, okay, instead of losing your crap, crap, when you're in that spot, you know, just, just focus on, okay, if I, if I just get on the roll here, I can actually make up a lot of ground. That's that tiger style grind right there, right? That's, that was, that was the magic with tiger was he would find a way to grind in the top 10 when it didn't, didn't appear possible after the, you know, after the first yeah. day or day and a half. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Last thing, you know, you've not only changed your golf swing, but your body has changed over the years. What's for the better, right? You're like fitness has become a huge part of what's allowed you to continue to rise. What percentage of it is diet? What percentage of it is your workouts? Yeah, it's it's hard to say, but I I just I've kind of. If it hasn't been so much for golf, I've always just wanted to experiment a little bit, see, see what is going to help me feel better, be a better athlete. And I remember just out of school, I, I tried a bunch of different stuff. I tried like fasting and stuff. Um, I ran a lot for a while there right out of school and I got kind of addicted to running. And then I kind of stopped doing that because it wasn't all that great for my golf. So I started eating a little bit more, uh, changed my diet and, and started lifting a bit more weights. And um yeah, it's just still trying to figure out what's what's the best way to work out for me and for my golf, but also try to, I, I just want to try to be super, very healthy and, and be the best athlete that I can, I can be outside of golf. So what's the, uh, what's the, what's the hardest thing you had to cut out diet-wise? Oof. Uh, like not, well, I, I try to not eat that much um, like fast food and stuff. So I've never really had a problem with that. Um, but chips and just, you know, I, the occasional ice cream here and there, I mean, that's, that's hard to get rid of. And for me, I got a very addictive personality, so I can't, once I start, there's no going back. So I kind of have to, um, yeah, be, be pretty strict with on that, on that stuff. All right. So what, what's the, what are you currently addicted to? <laughs> golf, golf, I guess, and okay. I play, I play poker at the end of the night and listen to podcasts. So I'm just, I'm kind of addicted to new information and and uh, learning more, uh, push myself, challenge myself. I, th- I think that's that's fun. It's awesome stuff. Hey man, uh, we'll keep it going. And obviously, uh, you represent the same school that that I went to, so it's a great pride to to catch up with you. And thanks so much for joining me and good luck in the Ryder Cup, regardless of playing for the other side. Doesn't matter to me. Thanks for joining. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you having me on. All right, that's it for uh, this edition of All Ball. My thanks to Victor Hovland for joining us. Reminder, the Doug Gottlieb Show airs daily, daily, 3 to 5 Eastern time. We also have a daily podcast called In the Bonus. It is no holds barred. There's no FCC restrictions or whatever. Uh, that's called In the Bonus. You can download it in the iHeartRadio app. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball.
Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.